and you know constantly trying to like mm, become a better person or something. <laughs> but not because you're afraid of hell no not because i'm afraid of hell just because it's easier to navigate life when you're not being a dick to other people try that or to yourself Welcome to Holy Ghosting, a podcast about deconstruction from your middle-aged mom friends. I'm Lindsay, senior warden at my Episcopal church in Portland, Oregon, and I knew this was the church for me when I attended on Pride Sunday and the whole freaking place was empty. And I'm Meg, and I am figuring out who to be and what to call myself and where to go next. And I'm Sarai, and I'm a real sower of discord over here. And uh, today we have with us Kevin Garcia, who, as far as I know, isn't a sower of discord, but is a sower of delight and joy. Kevin is a spiritual recovery coach, a mystical theologian and practitioner, an author, speaker, and a wild lover of life based in Atlanta, Georgia. Kevin, welcome to Holy Ghosting. Hello, I am the person your youth group pastor warned you about, Kevin Garcia. (laughs) Pastor. I love intros like that. So <laughs> good, good. Yes, the person that our youth pastors warned us about, Kevin Garcia. One thing wow. we uh, just recently decided to do is pep up our beginnings because sometimes we'll like take a minute to get on a roll with a few quick icebreaky questions. That's so great. just to understand nice. where you come from, we're all evangelical girlies who grew up in the eighties and nineties. Yada yada yada. Same, same, same. Um, Dobson trauma, all that good stuff, right? So, just so much therapy. All the therapy, therapy. (laughs) literally forever. Entitled to compensation. (laughs) Guys, can we file a class action lawsuit? You know what? I'm going to call our attorney friend and see. Um, But we'll put a pin in it. If it's a class action against Dr. Dobson, Dobson, I think that's fine. Dr. Dobson, then I'm in. (laughs) Okay, great. Okay. Okay, here's some questions. The first question I have for you is, what's your favorite Amy Grant song? Baby, baby, there's something about the notion. There's something with the same and something more. I can't remember the words. Yes. But you know what? Baby, I mean, baby you, will you just. Well, you the one. El Shaddai is a close second, though. Oh, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Sorry, that's probably triggering for some people. Oh, I mean, no, it can be. You know, I'm gonna give me, you guys it's still a spiritual song. I just need to change the meaning of every word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. every. I totally got I really just have to like totally reinterpret it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, we looked it up it. what El Shaddai meant, and it was something about like overabundance. Something, or, yeah, lovely. That like you can sing it to yourself. Like you don't have to give it to like a big gray mean guy in the sky. Yeah. That's, that's right. what I do with, with any music now anyways. It's like, it's like Kirtan in, in yoga, but we can get into that too later. Excellent. Okay. Those are two good choices. Um, I think the hot tip on any CCM slash worship song that's triggering to you is to make it about yourself and to yourself. Uh, and also to avoid all the ones that are like gross Hmm, how about this? I'm going to phrase it like this. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then that's okay. It's not like you're getting points for this. True. Although later we could make it more competitive. And Maybe jewels in this crown, though. Jewels be. in your crown. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. For another jewel in your crown, Kevin. <laughs> Have you ever had impure, pure or neutral thoughts about the power team? I was kind of young when the power team was like really, really popular. So it was like, 
I knew that I was different, but I didn't know why it was like, it was like pre-sexual crushes. Like mm-hmm. I thought they were quite, you know, that's, it was, it was twofold. One, it's like the hyperfixation on masculinity from evangelical culture. And I knew that I just didn't fit into that. And so I, you know, would kind of try to consume like what are like my, I went to a, a fucking promise keepers event when I was 13. I hate that. I do Oh yeah. Too. And uh, yeah, I, um, so yeah, I would say, um, mostly pure edifying thoughts about the power team when I was younger in the present day. Um, I mean, no, I don't, I don't think about the power team. (laughs) There's just something about someone trying to rip a fucking book in half. I'm just like, Hmm? that is also phone books remember those That's yes oh man i loved a good phone book and they would rip them in half do you know that sometimes they did it they did it like the not the easy way not on the spine they did right. it like the other no, direction they did it, yeah, yeah they did it like, like cross cutting mind-blowing yeah because yeah. yeah. the spine is why. a trick any child could do but uh not in, unless they're muscle bound can they do it the other way apparently yeah. muscle bound for the yep. lord Muscle bound Lord. for the Lord. Yep. Question number. I want another crown or okay, another yeah. jewel for my another crown. Jewel. One yeah. more jewel for your crown. In your opinion, who is the gayest person in the Bible? Mm, who's the gayest person in the Bible? I mean, probably Jonathan after David, because nobody like wants like the strong, powerful man like an insecure gay man like i have no doubt that they were really in love and whatnot but it was one of those things where it's just like you gotta see this guy is caping for an empire dude at the end at the end of the day he's also a greedy bisexual you know (laughs) sure is yeah yeah all all full offense to all my greedy bisexuals out there hey (laughs) you know what it's i mean (laughs) it is a little unfair to have (laughs) <laughs> to have options. Soy many options. It's a smorgasbord of options. I mean, I mean, sometimes like, because like, I mean, I'm, I'm attracted to like some like women type folk, but like they need to have some queer orientation in their galaxy. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. I'm just like, I'm attracted to queerness. So it's like, yeah. you know, uh, okay. Really Which like is that? kind of a form of bisexuality slash pansexuality slash queerness is a larger thing. So yeah. Anyways, um, all that to say, definitely Jonathan, he had daddy issues. (laughs) Yeah, he really did. And they played out, unfortunately, very poorly for him. Didn't end well. He did not have a RIP dude. You know, I picked Jonathan as well, because I'm just like, I feel like he was pining. Like, you know, he had his best friend that he was in love with and like very sapphic almost. Oh, such a love tragedy. I think jonathan was like basically a lesbian yeah yeah is that a kind of is that like a categorization you know for like of, of gay dude as a lesbian yeah. I'm a, i would say me and my ex like we we joked that like we are very much lesbians like lived together first then he moved out and we started dating and then he moved back in and then we broke up and we're still living together and friends Exactly. Okay, like, that's sweet. hard lesbian energy right there. I love that. <laughs> he moved in. A, he moved back in after ten months. Like you know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You sure. know. You, sometimes you just need a landing place, and you know that your former lesbian boyfriend is the perfect person. So yeah, I love it. Our, our well, youth pastors are all 
if they were dead, they'd be rolling over in their graves. I don't know what it is when they're still alive, but our youth pastors nah. are. I think are they're... The- my youth pastor is still alive and he's he's mostly all right. Yeah, good? me too. Actually, same. I don't know. I don't talk to any of mine. I want nothing to do with them. So, Lindsay, you've <laughs> no, had I... some pretty rough youth pastors, though. Yeah, like, I, I, I had think... one that like maybe murdered one of my animals. It's a whole thing. So, oh my god, I'm not. I wouldn't put it past right youth pastors. Yeah. That's the thing about doing that. Like the way, like we had a lot of stuff when we were talking about Dr. Dobson that went relatively oh, yeah. viral on the internet, and it's just like to hear and to be able to hold people's traumas. It was. Mm-hmm. It was wild and hard. And it's I just want to like, give everyone a hug. I just yeah. want to be like, I'm sorry that all of our parents mm. like bought into this bullshit. It sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry that our parents were lied to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, you know, no, you know, no excuses for shitty parenting, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's the, it's the paradox of being the generation who grew up with that. Yeah. Is that I have to like, I have to be angry because otherwise like, there's a part of me that feels unacknowledged. And at the same time, if I want to have any modicum of peace, I have to learn how to see them as the, you know, victims of the same empire. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't see it that way, it's like, once I see it, it's like, Oh my good. No yep. wonder you act this way. It makes perfect sense. You act this way. Yep. I agree with you. <sighs> I'm really uh, Rapid excited. Fire my ass. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're not no. really rapid about anything. We it's try, fine. but everything yeah. is yeah. Uh, I said COVID rapid test, fire. You know what I'm saying? But oops. that's right. <laughs> it took at least 15 minutes for this rapid fire, like three questions instead of five. So <laughs> let's Rock. get into the joy of why we're here today. Um, we're I- I'm really interested, Kevin, to hear just a little bit more about kind of where what your little back what your little background. What your, what's your little, normal, tell me about your little background? What's your little background? What's your story? How's your walk? Um, yeah, kind of curious sure. to hear <laughs> about where you've been and where you've arrived. And uh, looking forward to talking because today we're talking about spiritual practices, even when your faith changes or ends or whatever. Or goes that, up in flames. Yeah, it blows, you name it. Yeah. flames. And so I think that's a really important thing. And for me in my own deconstruction was one of the biggest, most important things for me is not to run away from, even though it was extremely harmful and painful to be in uh, the religion that I grew up in until I knew what I was moving toward. And mm. that, you know, in evangelicalism, we don't seem to have a lot of options. It's basically like be a Christian and suffer through it, or you can go and be an angry and bitter atheist and no one will ever love you ever again. And you'll burn in hell. And of course, yeah, <laughs> that goes yes. without saying. <laughs> That's like it's kind you're of gonna be like, miserable, and then you're gonna be even more miserable later. You idiots! Absolutely. <laughs> and Christians, I think, add or you'll burn in hell to the end of their fortune cookies. Like some yes. people add in bed, they're like, or you'll burn in hell to every yeah. statement and all of that. So yeah, make yeah. sure you're signing up for VBS volunteer position, or you'll burn in hell. Okay, okay. Thank you. VBS, <laughs> you mentioning VBS is one of the most important things to me. Is I just told Megan Lindsay yesterday, I'm like, if someone talks about VBS, I know they were really a oh good evangelical Christian. My so mother thanks for doing that. Was uh. T- a church super mom just like really just loved the community with all of her freaking heart gave so much of her free time to make 
the v, like these were the most fabulous VBSs I have ever seen. And I went to other people's churches and let me tell you what had nothing. My mama transformed these rooms, like set design, this shit yes. got people in costumes, got people acting out the parts. And then all of the snacks were like, they were themed after each room that you went into and all of the songs. And also she oh. raised money for the local veterans association. While all she while doing did it. something for an actual good cause. That is yeah. awesome. Uh, yes. Can I ask what like denomination you were raised in? Like, what was yeah. your faith tradition? Like, obviously, VBS was part of it. Yeah. Your mom was super into it. What, yeah, what, we did, were what did church look like? Non-denominational mm, Christians. Yeah. So basically yeah. evangelical, not associated with anybody. My uncle was the pastor. Mama was the worship leader. And also like, you know, mayor of the church, you know. <laughs> And um, I got baptized at age nine, but it's also, I think, because I had like a profound attraction to the person of Jesus, not sexually, but like, you know, I was, I've always been this kind of pious, like spirit, like weirdo spiritual kid who also just like was having all of these, like, you know, what I now think are like mildly supernatural experiences or mystical experiences that I all attributed to Jesus. And I was like, and then like, they were like, no, you got to shut that down. That's not real. <laughs> And so, like, I had all of these, like, you know, giftings and shit that just, like, went dormant um, because I was scared of going to hell because I was gay. And so, my mom and dad thought it would be great for me to go to ex-gay ministry. So, I did. <gasps> and I did that from ages 13 to, like, 23 when I graduated oh and became God. a missionary. And I went and did missionary things all over the world with the world race, if you've ever heard of that one. I haven't. 11 oh, months haven't. to 11 countries, baby. What? Nothing more holy than 11 short-term mission trips back to 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 back. YWAM is going to burn in hell for not being as amazing as um, YWAM's. I will say YWAM's level of abuse, though. Another level. Another level. Yeah. Yeah. I got personally from Jules in your crowns for enduring the abuse. True. Let me tell you what. I also, goddamn, like, I've been a, you know, writer for five ever. And I, you know, I told somebody when I started out, I want to be the, the gay Rachel Held Evans, God rest her soul. But that was Aww. like my goal. Um, but I remember I wrote a blog about suffering and regretting, like leaving the race, you know, the, the, the mission field early. And when I was working for them, I had people tell me your, your blog helped me stay on the mission field. And then I was like, all these years later, I'm just like, God damn it. Sin. I sinned against so many people. <laughs> We talk about that kind of like the idea of being in leadership in churches and how we helped to lead other people astray. And oh, it's yeah. really challenging. Different. To like, it's a different idea of astray, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah. It's the kind of astray where I'm like, I want to go back and collect all those kids, you know, from youth group and just mm-hmm. make sure that they know that there is not only one way truth and life mm-hmm. to be. I have really happy news to report on my track record with people who are in like my middle school small group that I led and just the youth group kids. All the ones that I still know who are here are rad and not the Mm -hmm. same way they once had been. And that makes me really happy. Yeah. And it's such a good, wonderful miracle that none of them are still there under that spell. Yeah. I had a bunch of youth group kids, like when I was like interning in college that like either came out or like DM'd me later when they went to college and said, Hey, sorry, I stopped talking to you. My mom and dad said I couldn't, but I think you're cool. And I don't care that you're gay. I'm like, like sick. 
good to hear Aww. from you. I love it. So with the ex-gay ministry, was that because you had come out or did your family just kind of know? Like, mm. how did that all come about? My dad is how he he just basically said, so are you gay? And I was like, well, kind of, because I didn't identify that way because I was a good Christian. We don't, we're not gay. We don't deal with that. Um, and he told my mom and she freaked out and, you know, immediately was like, all right, I found this book at Lifeway and I called a number and it was a hotline that connected her to like a local ex-gay therapy, ex-gay quote unquote therapy ministry it was the sketchiest fucking place i ever walked into it was also the first time i'd ever heard somebody say oh this isn't a choice but it is your responsibility to resist this because this is a def- like you know a deviation from the plan a deviation from god's best for you nice. but yeah i kind of like when i was on the mission field I-, I realized like a like theology didn't make sense to me anymore and also I met real people in the real world and I just saw God in them, so to speak. And I was like, I don't think I'm like, I don't think hell's real. Also, I think it's okay to be gay. And also why, why are we doing this? And it, you know, it fucked me up for a little bit, fucked me up for a lot of it. And, um, you know, you know, yeah. a- after that, all after it all fell apart, uh, I came out while working at the missions organization that I, but you know was with and uh when i tell you never has there been a faster message from the holy ghost to everybody's inbox than this because apparently everyone in the leadership said oh kevin we don't think you should be continuing at this time at our organization i'm like why so we, the holy ghost is just telling us it's not your time mm-hmm. and i'm like the holy ghost told all of you the same thing I mean, because that's not what the Holy Ghost told me. And I just thought I was baptized in the spirit. Like you saw it happen. I'm speaking in tongues and everything like, and so I left there and lived in a shitty basement apartment with my friend Casey in Atlanta, Georgia. And I had no money and no job and no resume um, and no prospects and carved out a life for myself. And it's been very fun, you know, almost nine, almost nine summers now. So I like it when we get to the fun part. It is. Oh good. yeah. Everything it, got better. It was like hard. And but yeah. like, I wouldn't never, ever fucking trade leaving that. Like, you know, maybe the Holy, if, if there is a Holy ghost out there, like, and you know, I tend to think that there might be in one form or another, you know, maybe she was like, nah, get this dude out of here. I got to do bigger shit with him. And I'm like, yeah, yes. I like that perspective. <laughs> Excellent. And so Anytime that's where I'm like, a Christian hears from the Lord. Um, I'm going to have that from my, from my mouth now. Yeah. I'll just be like, you know what? Great. There's bigger, better things for me outside of this. Mm-hmm. This cult. fucking hell this hole. Cult. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking this hell. Controlling yes. bizarro bubble. Cause but- like also like when I was working there, it was low key cult vibes. Like mm-hmm. for example, like we were like all the interns, nine men with one bathroom living in one house with a, oh. you know, house dad person and all the girls living over at the girl house and do like worship every monday do like daily masturbation check-ins too i mean talk about culty the way that i learned to silently masturbate like Mm. like it's a uh 
it, it was a problem for a while when I first started like dating and like having sex where like I, I would finish, but I wouldn't no sound. Oh, it was just, you just we would so just be silent. going. You'd like, just like to inform me that I have and, like, did you finish? Night. I'm just like, Oh yeah, it was great. Cause, because I would just like, you know, I'm not going to make like orgasm faces right yeah, now. Cause it's a little strange. Well, I always <laughs> think too, like, cause God could hear my thoughts. And so he could obviously see yeah, things. Maybe. Um, so yeah, it was like, be silent in all ways because yeah. it's not acceptable. And it's, it's really, it's when you're my guardian stifling here? yourself like that. In every way, even vocally or in your facial expression. And especially when you're in a like intimate relationship with another human and that Mm -hmm. human's looking at you being like, "Uh, you are a statue and it's not what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would like to make love to you, please. Also what you were saying about like having like no training and no prospects and like low key cool. Like the more I think about it. So I have a friend who, um, left Scientology. She moved up. She was in LA, moved up to Portland, was my roommate back in the mm-hmm. day before we were like, you know, we were, we were poor and lived with a million people in this like giant purple house in Portland. And she like applied for a job at the company I was working for. And I remember it being really hard. Like they were doing some background checks and like, because in Scientology, like they educate you there. So she didn't have like a real high school diploma and like all these mm-hmm. things. It was like hard for them to check her. And I remember being kind of judgy at the time of being like, that's so bizarre that they would raise you mm-hmm. that way. Like, Ooh, you're in such a cult. Like, right. Right. You right, don't right. Have real. And then it's funny. Cause like my youngest sister was on staff with YOM for like 14 years and is now like Woof-da. getting a divorce from her still very YOM husband and she's like left the faith and all these things and she's you know in her 30s and i was like well fuck i don't have a resume i've been a missionary for 14 years i'm a single mom of two and like and mm-hmm. i look back i'm like why did i think that i that i was so different <laughs> than my yeah. friend was, you know it's just like when you realize that especially in missions like they do not mm-hmm. my sister did not go to college she went to the mission field and yeah. She gave her life to it. And now mm-hmm. she's mid thirties and like, what the fuck do I do with my life? And again, it's going to be a better life. Like I have no doubt she is scrappy oh, for sure. and she's going to be great. But that feeling of like the, the time wasted oh, and just the like, like how, it. yeah, they just don't prepare you for the real world at all. If you're not like, that's one of the reasons like it's like so seductive and why people stay as long as they do is because if and that's also why people stay in church for as long as they do t- as well, because there is this um, the myth of lost time, mm-hmm. this belief that I wasted all that 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 time. I'm never going to get that back. True, you're never going to get that time back. And you know, maybe it was a waste in some ways. If you like, for for me, I had to start there. I'm just like mm-hmm. it felt like it feels like a waste. And maybe later on down the line, I'm going to see some sort of like grander picture. Maybe I don't really like that kind of mm-hmm. mentality. But um, I am of the perspective that whether or not God is going to use it for anything good could care less of God, but I can use this for something good. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm going to choose to look at this. I was like, you know, like every single thing that I walked through, like I had to like remind myself, Kevin, you were lied to. You yes. were indoctrinated. Yeah. You were told that you had to believe these things under the penalty of eternal conscious torment. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that you stayed as long as you did. And now what do you want to do? 
how do you know when you're in it Mm -hmm. in those times where you're like, what is going on? Like something doesn't feel right here, but you're taught so much to like turn all that questioning into Mm self-hatred and yeah, faithlessness is the greatest sin just how bad you actually are and you already know that and you're already trying. And I think we, we just continue to stay in those loops until somehow uh, very much like you, Kevin, like for me, kind of my first moment of like, I don't actually want to do this like this was I was Mm. in Christian college to be a pastor and I had a job at Applebee's and I was like, Oh shit. These are the first friends I've ever had who like, aren't just Christians. (laughs) Oh my God. Hey, listen, like this, nothing will save your soul. Like the food service industry, bitch. Oh shit. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. They'd be in there being like, Oh my fucking God. And I'm like, (laughs) you're just like giggling. Just like, Oh my God. I can't can't believe you would say that. But and I then also, also just like, it's like the that. first place that like, you know, you would have like had your first cigarette too, probably. Mm, no, was, I, oh God, no, I'd never smoked a cigarette. Oh my God. I wanted to, to but because day. all the cool kids took smoke breaks. And so, oh, I was yeah. like, well, that's the only way you got a break. I mean, I was in Kansas making two thirteen an hour Ooh. and tips and everyone else smoked because they got a break. And I was just the one person in the restaurant covering everyone else's section. <laughs> oh, you were <laughs> but too I was very good. I was a Proverbs 31 girl. Like that's what I did. So it's fine. Whatever. Have you all ever yeah. Proverbs 30? No. What's in Proverbs 30? Proverbs 30. Oh. There's a verse in it. that says, this is the way of the adulterous woman. She takes and eats. And she says, I have done nothing wrong. <gasps> we're Proverbs 30, Proverbs 30 women. Oh, yeah. The me- now. now, like the, the message version well, is like Christian totally again, out of insane. Like, I'm just like, you did not render this correctly because like the message version is like, this is the way of the prostitute. She goes in with one of her Johns and comes out and says, who's next? And oh, I'm also God. just like, what a badass. Eugene. Oh my God. Love her. Come on. Yeah. Wow. RIP you traitor. Leaving these spaces where we're subjected to oppression, where in your case, you're absolute like basic identity was not only Mm -hmm. challenged but you know made to be absolutely abhorrent to others that's the one abhorrent Abhorrent. yes um you you know you you take that in and then eventually you're like actually not which you already described i'm wondering how when in this journey and how in this journey did your faith evolve or shift or change in you know, what ways did that happen? And then kind of what are some of the things that you were able to do to doula yourself kind of into your mm. next iteration? Like you probably had some time where you're like, actually, I just need to like t- detox a little bit from this. Is my yeah. guess. Like- it was uh, it was one of those things where I really tried to be a good Christian, like a good gay Christian for a long time where I was still like the Bible is still literal and like Jesus literally died for our sins and everyone still needs to accept Jesus as their personal savior, even though like I wouldn't be caught dead evangelizing to any of my gay friends, mm. you know, and I, I would, and I would often think I'm just like, yeah, they don't, they don't need to go to church. And then I was like, well, that, what does that mean? If I think somebody <laughs> doesn't need to be a part of a church, what does that mean? Is it that you care about their experience of trauma? (laughs) (laughs) Could be. Um, And then I also started like asking the question, like, you know, why am I still doing this? You know, like what's keeping me? I was, I was like at a non-affirming evangelical hipster church where I was trying to be like the pioneer in that space and like, you know, made friends with the pastor and it was like, like doing it strategically to see if I could make an impact on evangelical culture because they were the house, they were also the house fires who wrote good, good father. 
And I also know fucking Pat Barrett and he loves the shit out of me. I've read his tarot cards a few times. What? <laughs> if I, if I could tell you the number of times I have had alcohol and read tarot and smoked pot with so many worship leaders of big name churches. I, I'd love to just point out that worship leaders are the only cool people at church that I've ever known. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that mostly to be narcissistic. And that was really my job in the church yeah. too. So <laughs> yeah, to be cool. You. And also to like cool. to, and then also to put on the, the facade that we're a family here. So you're all like, we're in this God. together, but like, depending on where you were or like, no. Nah. Can I also say, yeah. depending on where you were, but also depending on how vocally you were able to be mm -hmm. yourself and how long that lasted in the church too. Like they're pretty yeah. quick to let you go. Yeah. They were like the church I was at Grace Midtown. I'll name names. Um, What's up, Grace? I was a part of that church for probably two years. And basically when I started a Bible study on my own and I didn't ask permission, mm -hmm. I got around that the gays were getting together to take communion and read the Bible and pray together. And they just couldn't have that. And so they adopted <laughs> a definition of marriage for their church bylaws. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I told you that would be the final straw. And you got there. Thank you. Thank you. Next. Ugh. Yeah. Like, so I, also, so many people, the whole like trying to change it from the inside. Oh, my God. Myself, so many people like I, I'm pretty sure I've said this on TikTok. But like, don't like if it is if don't. you're at a church that is not LGBT, if you are still a practicing person of faith, Christian, whatever you want to call yourself, and you're in a church that is mm -hmm. not LGBTQ affirming, mm -hmm. get the fuck out. Get it's the not fuck changing. Out. It's not going to changing. You're not going to change it. So and the reason being is because it's money and you have to understand that it has nothing to do with your passion. It has nothing to do with your conviction as a person of faith. It has nothing to do with framing the theology correctly, because at the end of the day, it's not about scripture. It is not about theology. It is about money. And that person at the very top, he is his entire paycheck, his entire prestige is built on this myth that he has to stay the same. And if he doesn't, his lifestyle's gone. His family's gone. You know that bitch ain't saving money. You know that bitch is trying to pull, they're all trying to pull Carl Lentz out here. Yep. So what was, okay. Also, what's funny about being a, you know, Baptist evangelical, like Pentecostal land is I have a weird encyclopedic knowledge of so much shit in the Bible and just like, you know, pulling things up and making connections between the Old and New Testament. I was a whiz in seminary. I was just like, wait a second. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting next to all these people who went to like, you know, Bible college beforehand or something. And they're showing up at seminary. And like, it's like, they've never read the Bible before. We're in yeah. Old Testament. And they're just like, that happened. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Haven't you read? Like, what do you mean? You don't read the Bible every day. Like I literally same. Like that, I that was, but again, I was, again, I was a pious bitch. So like now I'm. Okay, I keep now. forgetting. I was also a pious. So the pious bitch in me recognizes the pious bitch in you. Mm. And that was my big problem with I was in Christian college to be a pastor, right? I already mentioned because Yeah. Right, um, right. But yeah, it was always alarming to me that people hadn't read the Bible. Like I read the Bible. The first time I read it, I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? There's so much stuff that is in here that no one ever talked about. And there's so much stuff that's not in here that people do talk about as if it's true and it's not it's Hello, just like made art. up it's fun when you get to go and just read through it and be like 
actually, what? How does evangelicalism exist? I'm curious, like, what do you have a moment or a set of moments or like something that you go back to and are like, this was the first time I felt like it was okay to be myself? Or this was mm. a moment where I felt liberated to just accept every part of myself because actually I'm good and not evil and full of just sin or mm. whatever. Um, I'd love, yeah. I'd love to hear about that. And like, just your now that you're a mm-hmm. mystical theologian, you're still into theology, but you're doing it in a way more fun way. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to just hear a little bit more about that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I can point to two instances since like I decided I wanted to come out. And so what did I do? I get it on. I got, I get it. I'll tell you what, I get it on Tinder. And then I was like, I'm going to find myself a a good husband. And lo and behold, I match with a very God fearing man. And he invited me to uh, a like a gay Christian conference in Atlanta. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to that life changing. And, you know, I heard a trans black woman preach the most incredible sermon I'd ever heard in my life. And it was the thing that set me free. And it was like, I had just, I was in a room of like a hundred LGBTQ Christians never had met queer people who were so free in my life. And I was just like, this is dope. I'm never, I can't ever go back. That was the first moment because it was just like, okay, so everything I suspected about God or love or whatever you want to call it now was true. And if I lose everything for the sake of following Jesus, I guess there's a verse about that, you know? And so I did and I lost all my shit and that was terrible. Um, Fast forward working, blah, 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 blah. I'm in seminary thinking that I want to become a classic, you know, pastor in the literal sense of the term and be in a parish and get ordained in the uh, PCUSA. Wasn't Presbyterian at the time though. Still not. Uh, But I realized in old Testament class, it's just something we were learning about how the old Testament was actually formed from a whole bunch of different texts that were stitched together in order to make a cohesive cultural narrative so that they could establish a you know a way of doing things it makes a sense how these things develop actually. yes a government yeah of a kingdom of an mm-hmm. empire of a you know of a war profiteering empire yes correct so yes. a good template for america actually if we do really want to go back to it yeah and let's go on with the book i want to very clearly tie a bow on the christianity is capitalism is you know all of mm-hmm. colonialism and patriarchy and yada yada but that You've already touched on that. Sorry. I'm I just get really excited. I want to make sure no. that people listening are like making like, Do this you see connection. the connections? Guess what, everybody? It's all it's the same again. thing. I'm not Listen, even gonna talk about Republicans right now. Not yet. But you know. <laughs> um but yeah, uh that when I was in seminary, I had a moment where I realized, um, oh shit, we've been making it up from the beginning. So oh no, what does that mean for everything? And so it was, you know, full blown existential crisis again. You know, I've lost hell. I'm good with that. But it's just like, what is, what's the, what's the point of the church? And what's the point of any of this? And um, then I had my first LSD trip. Oh, oh. And when I tell you, um, to this day, I have never had a more powerful trip in my life. I've never had a more enlightening experience. And it was the experience that taught me that there is no separation between myself and the thing that we call God. And so I could tell you all the cool shit that I saw. I could tell you all the feel, but like the main thing I took away from that is that 
I am able to participate in the creation of this universe if I want to or not. Yeah. Um, that there is love to be, there is great love for me here and now. And if I want access to it, there are paths and techniques to help me feel that. Um, and I would sum up my belief systems now in a statement that is uh, sums up a course in miracles from the introduction. It says, uh, nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists herein lies the peace of God. And so that's kind of, those are the two big ones. It was like from that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to start meditating. going to start, you know, following, you know, Alan Watts, Ram Das, yoga, you know, Alan Watts is like such a good gateway drug for an apostate. Oh yeah. (laughs) It it really just kind of like brought me into that. And now I'm studying under, you know, a non-dual tantric master and I have my master's in Christian practical theology. I'm also super witchy, you know, kind of just, um, eclectic, not, I almost said run of the mill, like not run of the mill, but like (laughs) eccentric and eclectic bruja. I love that. So definitely identify in a very similar way. So that's fun. But yeah, so that was the kind of moment. And, And like, what I think is funny is that it had nothing to do with scripture. It had nothing to do with, you know, a relig- you know, a, a religious, you know, space. It, I realized in that moment that the whole of creation was consecrated. And I was just, I was, and I was like, I'm in it. It just, it just like, it just made total sense to me. And I never, I've never forgotten it. Now, granted, that doesn't mean I'm always living on cloud nine, right. um, but it is a reference point to, a moment when I understood clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I go back to it as often as I can. And that's what I'm in my own personal practice. That's what I teach people about is like, you need to, you need to find the universal experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to get your theology, right. You don't need to like heal all the way. You need to start with your breath. Mm-hmm. Start with it's that. So much in embodying these mm-hmm. practices, it, I, I think it's really valuable to note that where we spend our time in Christianity is right theology. Think, 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 think. How do mm-hmm. I check all the boxes? If yeah. I don't believe the right things, am I getting into heaven? And, and even if you read the Bible, it's never talking about that. Yeah. Except for it's fucking Paul, but whatever. Does the Bible still inform your spiritual practice? Like, does that come into. Um, no, I wouldn't say the Bible does outside of like there are stories and archetypes that are really beautiful teaching principles in there that I'll still use in some of my work. But like, like I love reframing parables for people because I think it's a really helpful tool. Um, But as far as my, my daily practice, it's more yogic, if anything, like it's like, it's meditation and mantra and I've got my altar set up there and I have a whole room. That's just a puja room. Love it. Like fully just giving myself, although Jesus is on my altar. So like, go off right a nice homage at least you know that's cool it's a beautiful carving relief where he's pointing at the sacred heart i'm like oh my god it's a graven image oh my that is rad i have graven images all over my head i got one right over there got one over there too so you heard it here first everybody that one way spirituality is idolatry and yeah it's really iconography, though. I mean, it is a way to actually commemorate and appreciate these mm-hmm. beautiful spiritual figures, whether yeah, they're real people or archetypes or goddesses or whatever. Like, it's, yeah. it's something valuable to remind you of what that 
person that entity is bringing mm-hmm. to your life and, it's and like, what that means. In um in one of the sutras, I can't remember. It basically talks about like when you're focusing your your practice, you, ha- you like because we are manifest beings, because we are physical people, we need something physical to focus upon, which is why the image of the cross invokes so many things for so many people, which is why an image of Jesus invokes so many things for so many people. That's why you'll see people who have like pujas to Ganesh or to different sorts of gurus, saints, etc. Because yep. it's not like I understand that that's not Jesus sitting on my table. But when I'm sitting there and I'm meditating upon the heart of Christ, it helps to have something that, you know, like to come back here. It just, re- it's just reminding. And like, you know, and like, I can like, you know, catch a glimpse of this and remind, remind, like I'm reminded what peace feels like. It's a mnemonic device, if you will, mm-hmm. if you want to get technical with it. And, or maybe it's just re- me remembering that peace is always present within me. So yeah. is it helpful? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm not is looking for, is it true anymore? Truth is a moving target, but what is helpful, that will lead me towards my greatest possible expansion. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a Third sermon woman. in itself. Yeah. Kevin, I'm just wondering if there was any struggle when you were kind of throwing out old practices and mm. integrate integrating new practices. Like for people that are kind of just starting that, mm. what are some of the things that you share with them? Yeah, I think it was initial. I mean, the struggle was really learning how to grieve. Mm. Um, because I am an Enneagram eight, I am a Scorpio. I don't do feelings outside of anger or lust. You know, sadness not my jam. I don't. I don't have time for it. It's unproductive. I hate it. So my work as a human is to learn the art of rest and to learn how to like sit with the uncomfortable and also to give voice to my anger, which I was never allowed to have as a child. And so like spilled over into my adulthood. So it was a lot of initially like, God, I followed you out of the closet and I got kicked out and now you're leaving me here in the desert. I can't believe you're fucking doing this to me. And it's also just like, that was a natural consequence of you being a part of a system that doesn't love you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God had nothing to do with it, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. Cause like now it's like, I had to change how I thought about the idea or person or force. Like I am a very much Octavia Butler said it in um, the earth seed books of the living, which is inside of um, parable of the sower and parable of the talents. She says, God is change. Mm-hmm. Everything you touch, you change. And everything that touches you changes you. God is change. This is the only true and constant law. And so like, it's either you submit to that reality or you suffer. And granted, just like, because God is changed, because life is changing all the time. And like, you, we cling to things. Of course we want things like, of course we cling and we suffer, mm-hmm. but how do we deal with it? That's really like became the bigger question. And so when I was beginning to explore spiritual practices, I, I was looking initially for what is just, what's the easiest road uh, path of least resistance. Cause a lot of times we think that we have to overhaul our lives or we need to like, I need to do a 30 minute, you know, meditation every single morning. And then I need to make sure I'm doing breath exercises and making sure I'm eat, drinking 80 ounces of water and, you know, eating kale. Not there's anything wrong with kale. It just isn't prepared well half the time. True. 
That's um, right. Kale is wonderful when handled correctly. Yeah. Otherwise, it tastes like fucking dirt. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, so um, for me, the thing that was most easy, um, I was like, okay, meditation allegedly works. Let's try that out. So I downloaded the Headspace app and I just went through their little tutorial. Like, let's teach you the basics of meditation. And I did it every single day. And I was like, okay, I feel better when I do this. What else is there out there? I was following some spiritual folks. They mentioned A Course in Miracles. I pulled that thing out and I became A Course in Miracles girly. So every, you know, reading through the workbook allowed me, I think, teachings of Jesus taken to the nth degree. I think it's super insightful and it's been incredibly helpful for me with undoing a lot of the shame and guilt. It's actually like, it teaches basically that shame and guilt are the thing that are keeping you from the presence of God (laughs) or from the awareness of God's presence. Just, what does it say? It says guilt just as guilt is the uh just as guilt is the awareness of hell um forgiveness is the prerequisite for your awareness of your relationship with god mm. and i just mm. so at first it was like i had to learn how to grieve you know all the things i'd lost friendships uh purpose a um whole life clear yeah just a whole a whole life and it's sad and then I was like, I just kept asking my question, would you go back? Knowing what you know now, um, Audrey Lord said it in um, Uses of the Erotic. It's just like, once you basically, once you understand how wonderful life can feel in deference to that, you can know, you can require no less of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, you have to go when you know, you can't unknow. Right. So and unknowing is tricking yourself and repressing who you know you actually are and mm-hmm. trying to You've fit been unknowing your those. whole life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Some so. of that is for me, it's like the un the unknowing my entire life means that I need to now know. And and it is about mm. asking new questions. Yes. And exploring new things. And and then reflecting that back into myself and seeing where I find peace and comfort and what mm-hmm. things resonate still yes. as things that I want to embody and mm-hmm. have in my life and in my day. What is something that you would tell somebody in my position who I'm kind of, I'm not in the church, I'm not, not something else yet, like I'm a bit in a mushy place where I kind of call myself really free and open. Like I'm just, I'm waiting to see what all the things are that will kind of be rebuilding in me Mm -hmm. back to really the the person I was before I was indoctrinated. So Mm -hmm. what's something that we can do as people who were harmed, uh, Mm -hmm. who experienced trauma with our connection to our spirituality and 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 yet I know I am an insanely spiritual person. Mm-hmm. So how do I reconnect to that without the fear of kind of falling back into these harmful fear yeah. places? It's one of the it's there's the the fear I hear in a lot of people and kind of like the the thing behind the thing, and you can tell me if I'm on or not, is like I don't want to be tricked again. I don't yeah. want to be fooled again. I don't want to like fall back into that thing. I don't want to be lied to again. And, you know, there's the statistic that people like, you know, jump from one pressure, high pressure religion to another high pressure religion or from one oppressive relationship into another oppressive relationship because they don't know how to operate outside of their trauma. Mm -hmm. As you are working 
through your bullshit. As, and by, by that, I mean like the things that you've gone through, the things that happened to you that are not your fault. As you begin understanding what happened to you, um, be real about what your triggers are and what you can and cannot do. Because some people say, well, just sit down and be quiet and meditate. For some people, quiet time is super triggering. So you need to figure out a different kind of, of, of movement. So like walking meditation, it's a beautiful kind of practice. Yoga. I am that kind of girl who does yoga. I also fucking love lifting weights. I've become that girl in my 30s. Also because, you know, if I'm going to remain sexy in the Speedo, let's just say that you got to keep doing <laughs> squats. They That's don't come fair. as easy. You know, they, this ass doesn't come as easy as it used to, you know? We You're also make- want to be able to stand up when we're old. So do yeah. your squats, everybody. Yeah. Period. Well, you're just going to make Weight bearing pluck out their eyes. I'm just yeah. saying. That's right. You know what? And if you pluck out your eyes, send it to me in a jar so I can use it in some witchcraft. Hell okay. yes. <laughs> you know? Eye of sinner. Eye of a luster oh is one of the most important I have a cuckold, parts I hope. of co- potion. Anyways. Yeah. So I just beautiful. want to say that no one ever brings up that. It's funny that you said silence. Silence is deeply triggering for me. And I have mm-hmm. realized that. And I've had to tell my therapist that because I was expected as a very like charismatic Christian child to go. Mm-hmm. Like we did this thing called the discipline of silence where we were supposed to go hear from the Lord and then come back and report to our mom. On what oh my God. God. And I never heard anything. And so I just made up stuff to get mm-hmm. approval because my sisters always heard these amazing things. And I was like, who are they hearing from? Like, mm-hmm. and so when my therapist wants me to like check in with myself, I've, I'm getting better. I can do there, but like silence can be so, mm. cause I feel like, like you're I'm supposed to be wrong. hearing, right. You're supposed like, to be doing something. It feels like a pop mm. quiz to me. It feels yeah. like yeah. If I'm expected to be quiet and then tell you what I heard. If I can mm-hmm. just be quiet and sit with myself and not have to report to anyone, that's fine. But mm. yeah, I think it's so all of this stuff. And I will say, I keep coming back to like, God is change. And I mm-hmm. think that that is a very revolution and whole new way. Like all our lives we were told is like on Christ, the solid rock I stand. But that, that mm-hmm. is the thing that doesn't the change. same we yesterday, today changes. and forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We change. God doesn't. And so the thought of like God changes and it's okay. If we change with them, if, if we, we must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, so much of our spirituality was and our spiritual practices were stunted because we were told it just had to be the same. Very good. And that's why One our second. parents have not changed. They're the uh, same. <laughs> and they uh, on Christ, the change. solid rock they stand. They're chilling. Yep. Yep. They've they have accomplished what the, their purpose. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Aside from same. having aside from having um children that um still follow the way. Whoops. Sorry about your immense failure, mom and dad. Yeah. yeah. Every every one of our parents, except probably Lindsay's, are like, oh God. What? I know oh, it's funny. Oh, Meg's. Meg's. My parents okay, mine. are like, I think that they're they just thought I was gonna be so far gone. So the fact that I even attend a church, even though they just pretend it isn't like run by women and queer people and isn't super, you know what I mean? Like they're still just like, well, Lindsay goes to a uh, church. So there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they right. just like put their heads in the sand about what kind of church it is. So yeah. still doing the Lord's work, you know, uh, as like a practical, like try this out sort of thing for anyone out there. If you can give yourself five minutes at the beginning of your day to do a little bit of just breathing, just the thing I tell people is like, it's Thich Nhat Hanh says, I notice my in-breath and as I exhale, I smile. And you just say that to yourself over and over. It sounds stupid. I notice my in-breath and when I exhale, I smile. What am I smiling at? I don't fucking know, but I'm going to do it anyways. And you just do that 
for a minute, you know, do it for one minute, see what happens, do it for five minutes and realize that it's euphoric Mm -hmm. and just see what happens. If it feels good to you, set an alarm on your phone for nine, 12, three, six, and nine, and give yourself one minute at those times. I actually have a bell that goes off on the half hour on my watch. And every time I hear my bell, I just repeat my mantra to myself. And, you know, just take a minute to check in with myself. So I'm constantly coming back to it, not because it makes me holy, but because I'm stressed out and I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do these things because you're trying to get closer to God. You're already there mm-hmm. or, or you're close. Like you're trying to get closer to a sense of peace and well-being. That's the whole point of a spiritual practice, not for you to like, you know, forget oneness with God, forget like, you know, getting forgiveness, forget hearing a message from the universe, sit your ass down and just breathe for a minute, check in with what your body is saying. And by by that, I mean, just like, what does it feel like to be in your physical body? And if it's uncomfortable, that's data. And if you're uncomfortable, use that. Why am I uncomfortable? That's interesting. How might I make myself 5% more comfortable? Yeah. Right now. How can, how can I, I sometimes will ask myself, like, if, you know, if love, I often like the way I conceptualize of God or my higher self is I literally, I imagine dropping into the cave of my heart. Mm -hmm. I could just imagine the center of my center of my center. And I'm using breath and focus. And I'm just like, you know, down, down, down into the depths of my soul or whatever. And I just see like the blissed out version of myself who's just sitting there smiling and it's like oh my god you're here good to see you and just listening the whole time not bothered and that's why i go to him just like, can you believe this shit and he's like mm-hmm. just nodding along <laughs> yeah but like find, find some time to reconnect with that with your breath like don't even put any spirituality on it if you don't want to and if it feels good later find yourself some roomy go read roomy this idea of reconnecting with self and with spirit within ourselves mm-hmm. is kind of the first way that I kind of transitioned back into some spiritual practices mm-hmm. after leaving religion. And it it really did not just impact me, it impacted like all of the people around me. Mm-hmm. Because when my spirituality was based on fear and fear of death and destruction, that's or not even just disappointing someone in authority like that mm-hmm. level of fear is a like a huge burden to carry your whole life. Yeah. That kind of spirituality didn't feel comforting and loving. And to then now be able to know that in community, that part of relationship with one another like you were saying it's not about this higher power way up in the cloud somewhere it really is about the connection that we can have with one another and with the people Mm. right in front of us and to to rediscover who we are through our friendships and our relationships and Mm. I, i just think it's like a beautiful way of seeing god or godness in all the people around us very good being able to see it in yourself Everyone sign up for her class. She knows. (laughs) That's right. I love this so much, Kevin. I I think one thing I like as well is the the phrase spiritual practice in itself Mm. is a beautiful thing. I mean, what Lindsay's talking about, the discipline of silence. We had spiritual disciplines. I mean, there were like books about it. There were Mm. 
we were like, okay, compulsorily, I spend this many minutes reading the Bible, even though I'm really bored. I journal about it extensively. I write a prayer list and I pray for all these people this time, this time, this time, this time, whatever it might be. I grovel a lot. Mm -hmm, Most mm -hmm, days I'm mm -hmm. doing a lot of groveling and like apologizing. Mostly trying to make sure that my heart is pure because the rapture can happen at any time. And if I have any sin in my heart, I'm going to have to like hang out with Nicolas Cage during the last days. Actually sounds pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's terrifying, but pretty funny. Wouldn't know what you're working on next and where we can like find you on the interwebs. What I'm working on next is I've been trying to do daily to-do lists so that I actually accomplish all my tasks and goals. So that's like personally what I'm working on. Um, I'll have new episodes of of the podcast out. I have them scheduled from like now through August. So just know that like, if you're ready for that stuff, you can go listen to a tiny revolution wherever you do pods. I mean, you're one of my uh, favorite just, TikTokers. You're great on the internet. You're oh, great. thanks. I yeah, love doing, yeah. I love doing contents on the internet. It's very fun. You can find me across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. And then on TikTok, it's the Kevin Garcia underscore. It's very annoying. My book, my first book is called Bad Theology Kills. It's um, available at badtheologykills.com. The second book, which is called What Makes You Bloom, Cultivating a Practice for Connecting with Your Divine Self is going to be out January 2024. Pre-sales are going to happen in June. What I'm working on, I'm working on that. I'm working on um, a children's book, possibly with Stacey Chomiak. Um, We're still talking about the possibilities of that. I'm working on a garden. Right now, I'm I'm getting the the beds out back ready for tomatoes. Yay! Um, nice. So that's what I'm working on, and you know, constantly trying to like mm, become a better person, <laughs> <laughs> but not because you're afraid of hell. No, not because I'm afraid of hell. Just because it's easier to navigate life when you're not being a dick to other people. True that. Or to yourself. Or to yourself. I, yeah, it's especially. It's really weird how much just being kind to yourself can really do for you and. To me, spiritual practice always starts mm-hmm. within the self and, of course, like continues to build up the self and not the ego, just the like mm-hmm. purely lovable, wonderful parts of you, which is all parts of you, including the parts you think are disgusting. Yeah. So this is, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing for us to move into. And, you know, summer in the northern hemisphere so it feels like a good time to get out in nature and explore some spiritual practices or if you don't have nature close to you Mm. god get some plants i guess and you know find some grass in a local park go to a sound bath or some kind Mm. of healing experience that you wouldn't normally do yes um hire an astrologer to read your chart i don't know Go you know, to some yoga your, classes. Shake your ass at the club. Go if I were a bitch and you caught me, you'd say, look at that bitch. She's so flossy because she's shaking that ass in the club. <laughs> Such a bad one. Don't you wish that you was one? Yeah. song. Oh, my gosh. That, I, I found that on TikTok. That wasn't me. I think it was like Noah something. Well, thank you, Noah, Noah okay. for that gem. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Thank Gorgeous. you, guys. Yes, let's be best friends forever. We love yeah. you. We are Holy Ghosting. And don't forget to buy Kevin's book. Yeah. Be sure to rate and review us. Do all the things, bitches. Follow us on all the places. Support our Patreon. Rate and review us. And we will love you forever. And you will have more jewels in your crown. Thank you. Five stars, preferably extra jewels for that. Find us on TikTok and Instagram at Holy Ghosting Pod. Or join our group, Holy Ghosting, on Facebook. And if you want to support the show, join us on Patreon, where we share behind the scenes, clips that don't make it onto the show, and some of our group chats that 
honestly are too good not to share. Thank you. <laughs> this is why I need all of us. I can't just be me. It's We're so going to do it better. that way. I like We're it. We're so good. I at can't this. wait till we see the video edit and it's just like <laughs> us starting over and over again. And, uh, and uh, Facebook. Uh, 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 it's going to be cool. <laughs>